Bears podcast on this glorious Thursday in Chicago. Summer winding down for us in the football world, at least. Not really for the rest of you. Hope you're still enjoying the city. Um, Adam Hope, Nicholas Moriano, or everyone else listening that doesn't live here, wherever you live. I hope you're enjoying it. I love summer and I don't want it to end, but uh, it kind of does for us when training camp begins, which is just next week. We're counting down the days. What's up, Gary? What's up, everyone else in the comments? Hit the like button. Keep us going. We're in another two-man formation here today for a couple more days. And then the whole crew is back together next week on Monday. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And I remember the last time we were on the podcast together. It's been a little bit. So know. We're, yeah. we're recouping, getting our, our, our guys back, and we'll be ready to go. By, like you said, training camp next week and summer – is officially over, but I, I'm looking forward to covering training camp, Adam. I know it's long days, a lot of work, but it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, um, and shout out to Brandon mentioning the Rodney Dangerfield photo. Uh, we got Steven producing today. Uh, Lawrence, our just esteemed and uh, Bears committed producer, just – pulling an Adam Johns and going out of town the first week of training camp. I don't, I don't know what's up with that, but yeah, he's uh, we're not going to have Lawrence for uh, a week or so here. Um, but Steven's in here doing a great job. So we're, we're excited to have him and might see him pop in and out of the show. Uh, but yeah, Dan, everyone else here. Appreciate you guys being here. Nick, I reached that point about halfway through last week. I was uh, in the middle of my vacation and I was like, you know what? Kind of miss football. Kind of ready to go back to work. I think this is uh I think this is time. We're, we're good. And that's honestly like to get like in the weeds, like personally, that's why I love to take the time off I do in July because it recharges you, gets you ready to go. You realize how much you miss football and you can't wait to jump back in. So that's uh I, I started downloading some of those preview magazines to start reading up on Bears yeah. opponents. I saw you were locking yourself in your film room and doing all kinds of film breakdowns, trying to get away yeah, from I, Stephanie. I mean, it's a good job by you. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's funny because it's actually our four-year anniversary today. I see everyone's got our anniversaries coming up. And uh, like you, I, I just got locked into uh, watch, wanting to watch Jaquan Brisker film. I was yeah. like, had that, that need, that urge to get football back. So, yeah, next week it starts, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it, like I said. I mean, nothing says four-year anniversary like watching some Jaquan Brisker. I think it's <laughs> exactly. I think I think this is the perfect move there. Um, Doug jumping in here in the comments right away. Now that we know something like ninety-five percent of the guys will make the roster, I'm getting antsy to see how they perform in real games. I'm looking forward to seeing how they perform in practice mm-hmm. with the pads on, especially on the line of scrimmage. Seeing some of that go down next week. Uh, now, uh, just so everyone's aware of how camp works. Tuesday's report day. Um, they show up, they go through physical, usually conditioning test. Um, and then uh, Wednesday is when they'll have their first practice. That first one is usually lighter. It's uh, close to the public. Uh, we'll, we're allowed to be there, but we can't give you live updates during practice. We can give you some observations after practice. Um, and then Thursday is the first one open. And then typically, I don't know if we have the exact answer right now, but typically it's either that Friday or Saturday. I feel like usually that Saturday practice that where the pads go on. Um, and that's always my favorite practice of the year, typically. They finally get to see those guys on the line of scrimmage go after each other. 
And we get to see the running backs actually make some some blocks and pass pro. Yeah. There's a lot that we haven't seen up to this point in OTA's mini camp where they're still in shorts and helmets where when that first day of pads comes, we're finally going to see, hey, Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, what they're doing in the interior of this offensive line and how Roshan Johnson and the rest of the running backs hold up in pass pro. Like, that's where it gets exciting. That's where real football starts to happen. And, you know, it, it's good that we're getting to that point right now. Yeah, an underrated drill, as much as we talk about the one-on-one offensive defensive line, but I love when the linebackers go up against running backs. And Who's pass stopping pro. Tremaine Edmonds? Who's stopping Tremaine Edmonds right now? And <laughs> the first running back that does that, he's a starter. If you could yeah. stop Tremaine Edmonds and pass pro, you you got some good things going for you. Yeah, um, and, and condolences to Gary Ross, who's been on the George fan uh, it just train for months now, and uh, he's – I, I, I guess he's signing with the Titans. I didn't even see that to be their starting right tackle. Okay. Well, you know, Gary, it's again, condolences to you and your family over this horrible transaction that's occurred as he goes to Tennessee. Yeah. it's uh, and Again, Gary was on that for a while and sometimes, you know, players just go to other teams and that just happens to be the case for, for fan here. People taking a lot of shots at Carm in the comments already today. Very much on brand. There's another guy in the comments um, who is just begging to be acknowledged, but he broke my trust via text message the other day. So we're not even going to mention who that is. We're not even going to acknowledge uh, his presence. Um, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. So I know exactly who you're talking about. But like you said, the show goes on. Yeah, I had to, under work obligation, allow him in my house yesterday. Um, really had no other choice, but for now, now is from this point on until I guess the next time he has to be in my house. Um, we don't know each other. It's basically what's happening there. Um, all right. <laughs> we, uh, we have a lot to talk about today. I appreciate you guys all being here. We're going to have a fun show. Uh, it's been a while since just Nick and I have done a show. The two of us, we did a bunch of these last summer. Mm-hmm. We grinded through the summer months. Um, so it's, it's good. Uh, Ron says just bought tickets through game time for bears at chargers, $88 for a seat using the discount, um, for $20 beer there. Oh, I'm going to use that discount to buy the $20 beer. I gotcha. Yes. Um, good idea. Good job. Use game time. Check it out. Should be in the description below and, uh, use our link there and, uh, help give us some credit for, uh, the game time experience. And, it's an underrated road trip to go on this year. I feel like a lot of good road trips for the bears fans too. I'm excited about arrowhead. That would be one. Mm-hmm. If I was a fan, you know, I'd want to go to, uh, if you're thinking about a game, I mean, you can never go wrong with Lambo or, uh, new Orleans, new Orleans going to be fun. Yeah, new Orleans, Tampa this year. Um, but that charger game, 70% bears fans. And it's Sunday night. Sunday yeah. night game, prime time. Uh, yeah, Bears fans are going to take over so far. No doubt about that. Yeah. And uh, the who, the guy who shall not be named says, ignoring me on my 10-year anniversary. Shake my head. Well, I guess so. Yeah. It, it, it just happens to be your 10-year anniversary. and just happens Happy to anniversary to your wife. Yeah, happy anniversary <laughs> to your wife, though. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Eddie Jackson had an interesting tweet yesterday uh, that I know you wanted to bring forth here, Nick. And uh, I, th- I think it's, um, 
well, one is just interesting, but two, it brings up an inch, uh, a, a conversation about one of the areas I think locally we look as a strength. It seems like nationally it's being viewed as a weakness on this roster. Um, but yeah, we'll throw the tweet up here from Eddie Jackson yesterday where he said, I'm going to have one of the best seasons ever played by a safety. Yeah, Eddie Jackson kind of just voicing his opinion there. And shortly after, Adam, he had a tweet saying, mark my words, three exclamation points there. Um, but like you said, I think when you look at the Bears' safeties, including second-year player now Jaquan Brisker, like you would think that this is definitely a strength for, for the Bears' defense, especially getting a, a healthy Eddie Jackson back. But if you look at, I guess, nationally, just how – you know, people are looking at the Bears' safeties. PFF had the Bears' secondary group na- uh, ranked number 20 in the league. You have ESPN, exec coaches, and scouts kind of putting together their list of safeties. You're not going to find Eddie Jackson. You're not going to find Jaquan Brisker on those lists. And even Madden, even Madden hates Eddie Jackson and <laughs> Jaquan Brisker right there. Don't have them ranked among the highest safeties. And if you're watching the YouTube right now, you see guys like Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, and the last guy they have on here, Micah Hyde. Shout out to University of Iowa with 89 overall. But no Eddie Jackson, no Jaquan Brisker left to be, you know, maybe for, for later on in the season they'll get their uh, their recognition. Yeah, it's interesting seeing Micah Hyde still on that list. But, um, yeah, Eddie played pretty well last year when he was healthy before the injury. He caught a little bit of a break, break with uh, – well, literally had a caught a break um, with the Liz Frank fracture, but he caught a, a figurative break by not needing surgery on it and being back now. So, and uh, Doug says, I love it. Got to love Ejax's confidence. I agree, man. Like this is good, you know, but as I'm saying with a lot of these guys, I like hearing the talk. I like hearing the excitement, whether it's coming from fans or players. Now we just got to see it. Right. So, um, I love the attitude. I think what's interesting about the just overall, I guess we could call it disrespect. Is the secondary getting disrespected? I can see it both ways because I understand why we're bullish on the secondary here in Chicago because we have the context. I mean, how many people are really watching that many Bears games last year nationally, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and when they were, they were tuning in to see Justin Fields and the offense and see what he could do. They probably weren't paying attention to you know, how good is this Jaquan Brisker guy, right? And nationally, Jaquan Brisker is just this random second-round pick um, that's playing on a defense that was struggling last year. And, you know, you're not going to get your respect nationally mm-hmm. on a on the team that had the worst record in football, struggled on defense. Even if we know here in Chicago, Jaquan Brisker had his moments. We could certainly see the steps and the potential that he has to make here in, in year two. And same thing with Kyler Gordon. And I'm on record. I'm a little bit more excited about Jaquan Brisker. I have more questions about Kyler Gordon going forward, but I still like Kyler Gordon. I think that um, with him focusing on that slot corner position, that he can take a step forward here. And then all of a sudden you add Tyreek Stevenson to the mix, who had a really strong Spring, now you have a young rook. So now like, right there, there's three young players that you're excited about, that you are you feel good about going forward to go along with Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson, who are established. I think it's a good group. 
I think it's a group to be excited about. But I can also see nationally why they're not quite getting the respect that maybe we're giving them here in Chicago, just given the overall circumstances. Yeah, if you're just looking straight up at the stats, like that the secondary is not going to be looked at in a positive light. But like you said, how many people are actually watching some of these Bears games? And the way like Eddie Jackson was playing prior to that season-ending injury against the Jets, like he was playing some good ball. I went to go back and just look at all the interceptions he made, and there was a really good stat by, I'm going to shout him out here, Cody Alexander at the underscore coach underscore A, who charted using PFF's data how often the Bears were in middle of the field open, middle of the field to close. And the Bears are a team where if they're showing middle of the field close, 46.42.7% of the time they're going to stay in that position. Well, that's where Eddie Jackson got three of his four interceptions when mm-hmm. he was the single high safety, making a read on a play. And you just look back and watch each individual interception at him. Like his instincts and range. He's still got the be, range. Oh yeah. yeah. But this is year seven. Is this year seven for Eddie Jackson now? 27. Yeah. I think so. So it's seeing the interception he made against the giants, Adam, that shows me that Eddie Jackson's still here to play, can still produce at a high level, still has a range instincts that are, you know, reasons for why to be optimistic when a guy says he wants to be the best safety or have one of the best seasons as a safety, Eddie Jackson was playing some good football prior to that injury. So it's encouraging Again, to see guys like that still have the confidence in themselves and being second year in Allen Williams defense, doing some good things his first year uh, prior to that injury. I'm looking forward to seeing what Eddie Jackson can do in year two. Hopefully there's a little bit more pass rush to go along. That's still a big question mark. But if there is, I think you're going to see more plays being made by by Eddie Jackson, who's definitely accustomed and knows how to make some big plays happen. Yeah, Doug Button here in the comments, the Bears are being treated as a forever three-win team by some pundits and others are on board with the worst-to-first narrative. will be a wild mix of respect and no respect this year. I have to say, overall, I feel like I have sensed more optimism about the Bears. Like I, I feel like it's close. I don't want to say unanimous, but pretty, pretty seems like most people are on board with what the bears are doing. Now I did read, I started to read uh Warren Sharp's uh, season preview and he, he seemed to understand what the bears did, tearing it down and how, what they did last year. But he seemed confused that they didn't spend more money this year, um, that they didn't make a, a more obvious effort to kind of make a run at this division because it is so wide open. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I think patience for where they're at um, still makes sense. But I also do understand where he's coming from because uh, one of his points was you're in year three, like with with Justin, it's it's go time here with Justin yep. Fields, and that I completely agree with. Where I, I am not I, like I don't I just I guess I don't know where else he wanted them to spend more money like they've they've upgraded the wide receivers they made the move for DJ Moore they they seemingly have upgraded the offensive line did they want maybe he wanted him to go get one of those more high higher priced tackles than they did okay maybe that's a fair point but they still they still used a top 10 pick on a right tackle um so now if if his point is you got to give him the defense to support the offense could they have spent more money there well certainly i think everybody here watching the show and you know whether it's us or 
whatever. Yeah, they need they need help rushing the passer, and maybe there's a move there that could have been made. I don't know. Um, but you can get yourself, and we've seen this in Chicago plenty of times, in trouble pretty quickly when you start reaching, when you start um, really putting all the chips in. And I just don't think they're quite to that point yet. I, and I, at the same time, I think they have given Justin Fields enough right now that he can take that step forward and almost like earn that, um, earn that respect from the front office. Like, okay, yeah, hundred percent, you're our guy. We're all in with you. We're gonna give you now everything you need across the board to go win a Super Bowl. Which obviously they're not there yet. No, they're they're not, Adam. But again, I've I've said this a couple times now. There are no excuses for Justin Fields now. Like he has, you know, they upgrade the offensive line. Yes, it's a bunch of new guys and new positions, but it's a better group than it was last season. You have your number one wide receiver, Chase Claypool's in another year. Darnell Mooney looks buff and healthy. Like this is the year to go show that you can throw the ball in this league. And, you know, the defense, obviously, the biggest, I think, lack of help is obviously the pass rusher. Could they have signed maybe Draymond Jones and then use one of those draft picks to sign an edge rusher? Maybe. But look, this is the route they took. This is the the players identified, and now they got to go work with what they got. And I think overall, too, I would say most people feel like the Bears are in the right direction. But I know there are some like, and I know we have a super chat about Colin Coward about you know some of the things that the Bears did are not quite uh, again in that positive light. But I would say I would agree with you that most people think that the Bears are at least trending in the right direction, made the right moves to not be the worst team in twenty twenty three again. But on that topic of Justin Fields no longer having excuses, like that's okay. I, I just want to make that clear. Like in in in, I, I want people to know this. Like we're gonna hold him to a high standard in training camp and in the preseason, and I think that's okay. I think people confuse that with hating on Justin Fields. You know, like what happened in minicamp mm-hmm. when, like, it wasn't his best day. I'm sure he would tell you it wasn't his best day. The coaches would tell you it was, wasn't his best day. And everyone got, like, so up uptight about that. The reason I – he's earned those high expectations to me. Like, part of the reason why I personally hold him to that is because from day one since the Bears drafted him, I've been very high on Justin Fields. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he can still continue to be a lot better uh, and can potentially get into the MVP conversation someday if he continues to grow. That's Those high expectations are earned, and then you're going to hold him to that standard. That's not hating on the quarterback when he has a bad day. It's like pointing out the exception to the rule almost. Um, and so I just hope everyone under, understands that. Like, it's okay to hold Justin Fields to a high standard. This is year three. It's go time. They've given him the support. He has DJ Moore now. He still has Darnell Mooney. He has be- a better offensive line. He has a good running game around him. And that's, you know, from the start next week, from the jump, in camp, want to see more consistency, really good days want to see him be the best player on the field because he has that ability um, to, to be that guy, which by the way, he was in plenty of games last year. Like that was a real thing where even when the bears would lose, you'd be like, who was the best player on the field today? 
It's Justin Fields. That's a that's a great thing. That's we're not used to seeing that with the quarterback in Chicago. No, we're not. And you also factor in like the timeline of things, right? This is year three. Contracts are going to be coming up. Like you need to know that he's your guy moving forward if you're really going to invest in him financially. And to your point about him being the guy, like we also saw that too just in the joint practices with the Dolphins. When we go to Indy and see Justin Fields play those Colts defenders, like you want to come away with Justin Fields being a lot better than, you know, their rookie quarterback, looking like he's making the throws, looking like he's comfortable in this offense. And, you know, I I have a lot of faith that Justin Fields will show that throughout training camp and then at the start of the season. But, again, no excuses. Justin Fields, if he's that guy, which I think he is, he's going to show out and show exactly why – you know, the Bears moved up, the last regime moved up to go get him and prove to a lot of people and prove a lot of critics wrong that he can uh, do his thing here in this league. JR says, Hoke sounds like he came back from vacation with a little attitude. I like it. Must be getting close <laughs> to training camp. That's right. I got those football juices going, JR. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. I can't wait. Um, I'm excited for it. And we're going to have a lot of fun here in the next few weeks for sure. Uh, can't wait to see uh, all you guys here with us throughout training camp and hopefully a lot uh a lot of new listeners and viewers as well mm-hmm. along the way. Um, hey, we're going to get some of your super chats here. Um, but first, want to make sure you are up to speed on our friends at Sunnyside because Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside is everything you need to elevate your summer. It's your one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs. No matter where you are on your cannabis journey, easy online ordering is available in-store pickup. Uh, Great transparent loyalty program that Sunnyside has. It's called Sunnyside Rewards. Illinois' favorite dispensary from the city to the suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North, Champaign to South Beloit. That's where Sunnyside comes in. They got you covered everywhere. And uh, some of the examples they have, like good news, gummies. They got the rechargeable vape pen, uh, and uh, which is like, perfect for great moments with the crew. Uh, you might want to try out Wonder. Wonder Wellness Company wants to make the world of cannabis simple to understand and easy to experience for everyone. So that's one of the products that they offer. The brand's low-dose formulations. They're offered in gummies and mints. They allow people to control their high uh, whether it's just for microdosing throughout the day or just easing into their cannabis experience. It's a, probably a good one to start with. And uh, through August, you want to want to make sure you take advantage of this. Head to sunnyside.shop. Use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. It's a big deal here in the cannabis world. Uh, use one per customer. Uh, but you can use that code CHGO25 at checkout, 25% off one use per customer. That's not stackable with other promotions. Um, and that's not only for new customers. This is key. Anybody can use your code. If you're already a Sunnyside uh, customer, you can still use that CHGO25 one time. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois MedCard holder. Everyone's got to go check out Sunnyside. And you have to check out Lewis University because many of the students are adults just like you. Many have full-time jobs and or families. All of them chose Lewis's supportive educational community to help make their transition back to school as easy as possible to earn a respected degree. 35 miles southwest of Chicago and Romeoville, ranked as one of U.S. News & World Report's top-tier colleges, Lewis partners with numerous employers – 
for tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Uh, faculty, they bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom. And I can tell you, graduating from DePaul last year, that is so beneficial to have somebody, an instructor who has real-world experience. And you get that at Lewis University, so it's immediately relevant to your career. And we, they also offer career support and academic resources for adult students. And whether you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success. We're just going to highlight one here, the criminal justice, public safety. First responders receive 20% off tuition discount, and tuition is deferred for six weeks after the end of each class. And also they have adult undergraduate programs like computer science, aviation maintenance, technology certificate, business analytics, you name it. Lewis University has it. And here's the most important part. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu forward slash you can do this. Again, that's discover how a degree can help you. And that's at lewisu.edu forward slash you can do this. And then real quickly, CHGO, obviously the off-season coverage is brought to you by ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. Learn more at comed.com slash power and biz. All right, let's talk about this Justin Fields quote um, because I, I had this sense of me and I'm a little, I'm actually a little still confused about where it came from. But I know we have a super chat here from Christopher that's referring to this. Um, saying, speaking of confidence, what do you think about Colin Coward saying Justin Fields has an ego for his comments on being a top five runner? Um, first of all, we all have egos. Colin Coward definitely has an ego. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily wrong for Justin Fields to have an ego. I would hope Justin Fields would have an ego. I, I like how Justin Fields comes off as a confident, um, but not necessarily cocky Um quarterback i think that's a healthy thing and one of the things i've always talked about especially when we're in season is when i think fields gets rolling when he starts to feel that confidence and a lot of times that starts with the running game where how many times we've seen him break off a nice 20 yard run signal the first down you kind of see that swagger i like to call it that swagger that he gets and as soon as he gets that swagger all of a sudden he's more accurate he's throwing a ball downfield everything's uh um feeling pretty good now christopher saying i meant to say he he said justin had no self-awareness okay um i did not see these comments did you see him nick so he was asked by a cbs reporter to just name the top five rushing quarterbacks and justin fields included himself in like that all list. time all time was that in that cbs him... sports mm-hmm. clip i saw where he was doing like the immaculate grid too or whatever yep i believe okay. that's the same exact one Okay, I did see some of that, but not all of it. All right. I but I haven't seen what Colin said. I don't want to take what Colin Coward said out of context here either. Um, I just want to be careful about it. But yeah, I didn't see that either. Um the the, the thing is though, is like I, look, there's certainly a lot of uh rushing quarterbacks. I haven't spent the time to try to rank my top five uh, of all time. But you certainly have Michael Vick, right? You have Lamar Jackson's probably in there. Um, Cam Newton, mm-hmm. right? Um, you probably put Steve Young in there somewhere. You probably put John Elway, um, Randall Cunningham, 
probably mm-hmm. is in there. Um, I don't know. There are times in Russell Wilson's career where he's probably in, in the conversation, but mm-hmm. I think if you really watch what um, Justin Fields did, it, it looks like this is popping up here. Yeah, this is the exact quote from Colin Coward right here. Yeah, I've help me out, Steven. That Justin Fields is going to succeed, Coward said. I'm coming back 5%. Lacks a little self-awareness. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> okay, Colin. Go. All right, so he's backing off. So this is important. The Colin Coward percentage of Justin Fields' <laughs> success. We're down to 55. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Because of one mm-hmm. comment he said. Um did people watch Justin Fields last year? Like, I, I realize it's a small sample size compared to some of these Hall of Fame careers we're talking about, but like, he was up there being talked about with Michael Vick, who to me is number one. Without yeah, giving no it a ton that. of thought, like, and I think Randall Cunningham's definitely got to be in the conversation, but to me, like, Michael Vick, especially in my lifetime, is the number one guy that I. I had a Michael Vick jersey. I loved watching. I still remember when the Falcons beat the Packers in the in the playoffs uh, at Lambeau and how big of a deal it was. Because at that point, unlike in the Aaron Rodgers days, by the way, they lose a lot in the playoffs. I don't know if you noticed at Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't used to be that way. Um, but Michael Vick was one of those guys that went in there and did it. Like, if I'm Justin Fields and I did what I did with my legs last year, yeah, I would have that confidence to be like, I'm one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm looking at the top uh, rushing quarterbacks of all time. Like I said, Michael Vick at the top, Cam Newton, number two. Russell Wilson, 4,966 rushing yards in his career. So he's up there. Randall Cunningham, Lamar Jackson, Steve Young. Like you said, I think we said Steve McNair. Aaron Rodgers on this list. I think, look again, over time, they just kind of get those yards. And I think if Justin, look, he needs to obviously stay healthy enough, but He's probably by if he plays 10 years, Adam, he's gonna be up there. He's gonna be up there flirting with the top five just because of his God-given ability and his physical talents. So yeah, so here's here's a little bit more context. Thanks, Steven. Um he said that he was asked by CBS Sports to name top five rushing quarterbacks in NFL history. And he said Michael Vick, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Steve Young. And then himself, Justin Fields, did not put him in any particular order. I don't think that's that crazy. The the dude, we spent weeks last year in the season talking about if he was going to break Lamar Jackson's single season rushing record. Yeah. Like that was a thing. And he was breaking Michael Vick's records single game in the season. Like, I, I again, small sample size, get it. I'm not declaring him, I'm not declaring him one of the top five quite yet, but if I'm him, I would hundred percent look at myself with that confidence. And to say that he lacks self-awareness for that is quite frankly ridiculous. Yeah, it's I think again, we're at this point in the season. Everything that's said is gonna be amplified to, you know, a crazy amount right now. And Look, Justin's just being confident in who he is. And he, he said, too, he doesn't want to keep running like that. So, and if he ends up flirting, like I said, with that top five stats there, which, you know, if he's running for a thousand in one season, even if he's not getting to that mark next year, or the following year, he's going to be pretty damn close to some of these guys on his list. All right. Um, yeah. And Eric, bring, thank you, Eric, here. This is why I'm getting at. What professional athlete doesn't have a bit of an ego to get to that level? 
right? Like I, I'm 100% on board with that. Like mm-hmm. you, I hope you have a, uh, you know, you're not going overboard with it. Right. Like, which happens really to any human being, the more and more established you get, the more successful you get, like the more confidence you have. I'm sure like to some extent, that's why Aaron Rodgers is kind of become what he's become to that level where it kind of became a problem, but like, come on, we're not even close to that in any stratosphere with Justin Fields who seems to have the, just the right amount of confidence. In, in fact, there's times where I, I wish he had more confidence, like just go, like go, go do it. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I don't know. I'm kind of blown away by this thing. But. Yeah. And if, if this comment from your boy Boogie, he was comparing him, I think he was referring to Colin Coward to Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel, completely different people. I mean, like Justin Fields is not in that stratosphere. Like we have, you seen all the Justin Fields content lately where he's out having camps, celebrating with the kids and, you know, just giving back to the community. Like that's, those guys in fields couldn't be yeah. any more different. Also, Baker Mayfield is even different from Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Like that, yeah that, 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 those two, aren't, that's not even fair to Baker to put him in that conversation. True. Uh, true, true. You know, Baker, Baker, Baker's confidence is one of the reasons why I liked him coming out too. Mm-hmm. I, I think that some, just some of his limitations and, um, you know, quarterback, like just passing things have, have been his downfall. Um, and maybe a little bit, he maybe goes overboard just a little bit to the point that maybe he's, uh, you know, ruffled some feathers along the way in the locker room. I, I certainly understand that. I don't think Justin Fields is anywhere close to those guys, though. That's that's kind of ridiculous. Let's get to the next uh, super chat here. Uh, Bro Delicious 499, appreciate you. Does Eberflus have a shorter or longer leash since he has been highly involved in defensive talent evaluation and acquisition? Um, real quick. Not, not that there's anything wrong with this question. It's a great question, but I, I just wouldn't limit it to defensive talent evaluation. I think he's been uh, involved in the offensive stuff too. I think, I th- you know, it was actually something I wanted to bring up because I've, I've also noticed this nationally. Like people are dogging flus for last year's defense. And I think there's a couple things wrong with that. One is I don't think they really realize what the Bears were doing last year and how they were ripping that defense apart gradually as the season went along. Um, now, I do think it's fair to hold that the, the defense to a much higher standard this year. Absolutely. But the other side of that is, like, I don't think... I think we fall into this trap sometimes where we've almost forgotten the idea of a true CEO head coach. Mm-hmm. Where we just assume that every coach is now the ones that are play callers on offense, like yes, they kind of get put in their own category. The Kyle Shanahan's of the world, certainly Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur, um, you know, yeah. yes, like that's different. But from day one, I really truly feel like Matt Eberflus has come in here and been like, I'm overseeing all this. And I'm giving offense and defense equal time. And that defense is Allen Williams' defense. Mm-hmm. So should he take on a little bit more of a beating if the defense continues to struggle 
compared to the offense? Well, maybe because he does have that defensive background. These are his assistants that he's brought in and elevated, I think, to some extent. But I just I think we should be aware of that, that I think Matt Eberflus is giving just as much time and energy to the offense. And that that involves talent evaluation and acquisition. So I don't mean to cop out of the question. I don't know that the leash is any longer or shorter. Um, but having the relationship that Poles and Eberflus do, I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near close to talking about how long or short the leash is, quite frankly, um, until we see some results this year. And if they struggle, then I think it just is a reflection of the wins and losses, right? Yeah, and I think it's how they struggle, too, will be more of a reflection maybe on the head coach. Like, if they're just not executing well, they look confused when they're coming in and out of the huddle, whether it's on offense or, or defense, like that that will fall on the head coach and how they kind of plan the week out and are preparing for an opponent. And I think the Bears were one of the better teams in not being penalized last season, and that's that's also an indication on how the head coach operates his, you know, his football team. So should get credit for that even in a three-win season. But, yeah, there's – Again, almost like Eddie Jackson, like, and of course, he's not going to get a lot of credit for winning three games, but I think this season when the Bears start winning more games, I don't even know if you'll see Matty Refluce get a lot of credit for, you know, the Bears going in the right direction, even if that happens. Yeah, I, um, it, it's an interesting question. I, I just think my, my headline on it right now is just, I like the collaboration that they have. I know people hate that word from the last regime, but I do like, I do like how much Ryan Poles involves not just Flus, but the entire coaching staff uh, in free. Think about going back to the combine when Flus like was like, we've been just working on free agent evaluations for like weeks now, and been pumping them out. Like they're they're all involved in it. And yes, it's still the front office making that decision, but you want your front office and coaching staff cohesive to make sure that the players you're acquiring fit what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Or if they don't, can the coaching staff adapt to include a player like that? And and because I always prefer that, actually, if you're willing to adapt to the player to make sure that he fits your – it's a balance. You can't go one way or the other. There's got to be a balance. But as long as the front office and the coaching staff's on the same page there, you're going to get better results. And I do think that the Bears have been working hard on that. And I think that's why sometimes they've been picky on where they're spending their money and it might look like they're being cheap at times, but I think they're just, I think they're just being picky to make sure that they're getting the guys that they really feel like are both culture fits and schematic fits uh, for what they're trying to do to win football games here. Yeah. No detail gets overlooked with those guys. And it seems like they're all in sync inclusive, inclusive with what they're thinking, what they want to do. What's the next move. Like everyone's I think going to be in lockstep of, you know, something's going to happen. It's not going to be, out of left field with these guys, which is nice to see with any coaching staff. And I would feel like, you know, out of the other 31 NFL teams, it should be like that if you're going to make big moves, but it definitely feels that way with this current regime. Uh, Hey, uh, real quick, want to make sure everyone is aware. And I hope that uh, if you're, especially if you're local, you're able to join us uh, in some very important points here. August 25th, we got our CHO kickoff classic at Cog Hill. Right, we're gonna celebrate the start of the football season with our our first ever golf outing. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see in that corner the uh, exclusive CHGO and pins and aces polo that all players involved are gonna get. 
I'm telling you that shirt is going to be fire because we've seen what pins and aces has been able to do with DNVR and PHNX with their golf outings. Um, the shirts are awesome. Um, you're getting 18 holes with the cart. We're going to have some contests, giveaways, prizes along the way. And then there's going to be lunch drinks and a ceremony after the round. It's going to be a really fun day. If you're a diehard, you get a discount when you sign up. So if you're not a diehard, this might be one of the times where you want to sign up. Now, if you've been on the fence, but you want to join us for the golf outing, the diehard membership, if you use it properly, pays for itself um, throughout the year. And uh, we're really excited to uh, join you guys on the golf course. We're going to be there. And this is very important. When you guys buy tickets for this, for the CHGO kickoff classic, there's a spot where you can put in um, basically which, which CHGO team you want to uh, associate yourself with. Um, and that will, that way we know, like if you want to play with the bears guys, hang out with us, you want to play with the bulls guys, whatever you have that, that opportunity. No, I mean, obviously nothing's guaranteed with how it all sorts out. I don't know the details. I don't make the decisions on that, but it will allow us to kind of match you with the, the show you want to be a part of. But also I think we have some type of in-house um, mm-hmm. competition going on here. So, for the CHGO Bears fam here, you want to you got to help us out here because we don't want to be losing, you know, to like Luke Stuckmeyer or anything here. Come on, that would kill us. So uh, when you sign up, um, put there in the notes or however it's listed on there that you're part of the CHGO Bears team, and uh, we appreciate you. So um, yeah. We need those bragging rights, so you better put CHGO. If you're watching this show right now, you sign up for our event. You have to put CHGO Bears. Got to do it. No, no questions asked there, you guys. But looking forward to everyone that comes out. Um, it's also sorry in advance for whatever my golf game is going to look like because that is going to be god awful. Uh, but we're going to get into a better topic, and I can tell you all about Foco. You can get fitted out in the best sports gear around everybody: hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and literally everything in between. It's summertime. It's baseball season. You can get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, bags, everything you need to be ready for a game. And we're not in our studio right now, but if you ever watch the set decorations, FOCO has donated a few awesome pieces for our sets. So you can go show them some love by going to FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right. Last thing, and I think this became uh, it was a request from Gary on Twitter. Uh, you wanted to make sure that we watch the new episode of 1920 Football Drive. I think it exclusively is on the app right now um, about some of the newcomers coming in. So we snuck it in. We both spent some time this morning watching it. What were your uh, takeaways? Yeah, I think it starts off. Um, we were talking about Matt Eberflus. Like he was just talking about Darnell Wright and how he moves. He said he might be the biggest old line in the history of rookie minicamp. But you just saw the the smile on his face too. He's like, see how light he is on his feet. It just again super excited about you know their tenth overall draft pick and how he's hopefully going to help the guy we were talking about earlier in Justin Fields. But uh, that was one of the takeaways there, Adam. Uh, Ryan Poles also had a. I think it's an interesting comment. He said, it's good to see bodies like he's seeing from the D-line cornerbacks and safeties. And he said, there's been times of rookie mini camp where you're like, oh no, but that definitely doesn't feel like the case with the group of guys that they brought in this rookie mini camp. But yeah, they have specific body types that they like. We know that the bears are into those physical attributes from these players. 
And it looks like they're, they have a lot of those players at key positions throughout the defense and offense right now. Yeah, there was a, a line in there that Poles had as he's mic'd up. He's just like there's there's sometimes a rookie mini camp where you're like, uh-oh, what did we do here? And that was just not the feeling he was mm-hmm. having with these guys that he really had. Uh, really good first impressions, which is which is you know one of one of the reasons why I like going to rookie mini camp. It's it's definitely not the end all be all, but you get those guys on your field in your setting. You kind of can compare them to the other guys and how they size up. It's just a different setting that you don't quite get during the pre-draft process when everybody's in underwear. And uh, and sometimes those first impressions matter a lot. Now I tend to put more stock and you'll hear me. You'll definitely hear me talking about this in the next coming weeks. I tend to put more stock in the first couple weeks of training camp when the pads are on and you get to see these rookies and how they're, they're battling in that environment. And there have definitely been some uh uh-oh moments throughout the years uh, where you're just like, Oh, I do not like the vibe with this particular player and how they fit in. Uh, Shane McClellan, comes to mind i hate picking on the guy but it was kind of a weird selection and weird fit schematically to begin with and then you just got the camp and you're like oh it just doesn't you compare him to the size of some of these other guys and it's like how is this really mm-hmm. gonna work if he doesn't have like that elite bend and it just didn't work out um i don't the good news i don't really sense that with any of these picks so far in fact definitely with guys like darnell wright Trevon dexter Tyreek Stevenson in particular, and even Tyler Scott, I think to some extent, it's been the opposite. I've kind of liked the early vibe with those guys, and I'm excited to see what it looks like uh, with the pads once they get in there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Another key takeaway for me just watching the 1920 football drive here, just Dave Borgonzi's, uh, the linebackers coach, his kind of segment in, in that part there. They had the guys watch a video clip of Kobe Bryant and how he approaches practice. Uh, push yourself past exhaustion was uh, the key takeaway from the video of, of Kobe Bryant. And he wants his players to really embody that. If you can practice, you know, to this point of exhaustion now, the games in the fourth quarter should be easy. And I, I agree with that. Like practice should be harder than the game. So when you get to the games, it, you know, it, it, you can, you're able to handle it. Whether it's pressure situations, you're down by a few points, whatever it may be you're ready for it. You practice against your teammates. You know what it's going to be like, but I just liked how he kind of highlighted that. And he had obviously glowing remarks about Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and you know how they're impacting the linebacker room and this overall team. Um, Someone else in here met your boy boogie mentioned uh, Adam Shaheen too. That was an, that was another one where early on, yeah. I just remember like something's it's just not, he's clunky. Yes, clunky. That's a good word. Like some, he's like a, it's like a baby deer trying to walk, or or, yep. or or like I'm not trying to be mean, but something, something was just like, it was off. Like it was young, off, Adam. It's it just something. It wasn't coordinated the way you wanted him to be coordinated. <laughs> something was like really. Um. So and then it just it didn't work out. Um. And I would have loved to see it work out because he certainly had the size and some exciting college tape, just not at a high enough level. I guess. Um, all right. So um, tomorrow, it'll be Nick and Will taking you into the weekend. I guess where I'm going to actually be tomorrow with my son. I will be taking a tour of U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh. 
Nice. Minneapolis. Um, obviously, I've been there a bunch of times um, covering games. Love the stadium. You guys have heard me talk about it enough. Um, but my son's never been there. Obviously, there's no game going on. We're, we're doing our annual baseball trip. White Sox play the Twins tomorrow night, so we're, uh, mm. we're, we're going to go see that. Uh, I guess I'll give the Twins my money and not the White Sox. But um, uh, I decided to throw in a little tour, especially with the, you know, the Kevin Warren connections and and um, – you know, they're saying that the stadium needs upgrades now. Let's see. Let's see what's going on there. So we'll uh, I'll, uh, maybe follow me on Instagram at Adam Hogue and we'll, we'll do some Instagram stories or something while we're we're going through the stadium that definitely has a connection to the Chicago Bears as we talk about potential new stadium. So I'm excited for that. And uh, one more weekend with the family back full go Monday. Um, can't wait. Football's underway. Feels like it's here. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys, Nick and Will, on tomorrow's show as well as we head into the weekend. Yeah, it should be fun. Anytime we can go back to U.S. Bank Stadium, Adam, it's, it's a good time. I've been seeing a lot of it lately. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch it. The quarterback series on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. It's, yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Hopefully they can get like Justin Fields and some, you know, obviously a new group of quarterbacks on for next season. But that's been awesome to watch. Yeah, I'd love to see it next year with Fields. I don't. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on yesterday's show, like mm. how that would work with the Bears or so against yeah. hard knocks. Like, I don't, but if Justin wants to do it, like it, it honestly, if you watch the show, it doesn't seem that invasive to the team. It's a lot of stuff behind the scenes, like off the field, uh, at their houses or doing interviews, yeah. uh, you know, outside of team hours certainly so I, I it seems like something that would be doable to me and I, I after seeing what we saw from Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota in this uh, season it was really good uh, they've already renewed it for season two it was well produced I mean really anything NFL films does is good so um, I can't get enough of it some years a hard knocks is not as entertaining as others but it's still always mm-hmm. usually interesting to watch so um, can't wait to see the whiny Jets on this year's oh, yeah. hard knocks. It's almost better that they don't want to do it. It's going to make it more entertaining somehow. It should. I, I mean, obviously, I'll tune in and watch and see what Aaron Rodgers had to say with all you know his new team. But yeah, like you said, it may not be the best season, but it'll still be still football, and we're we're urging for it. We want it. It's almost here. All right. Um, so again, Nick and Will tomorrow. Uh, everybody back Monday. Can't wait. Everybody reporting to training camp Tuesday. It's going to be an entertaining week. Uh, Help us out. Hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Send a link, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, wherever you consume the podcast, however you do it, send a link to a friend. Uh, Help spread the word. Help support us here at CHGO as we jump into another football season. Year two for us at CHGO. Really excited about it. Excited about the team we have. And, um, yeah, it's going to be good. Will and Nick, we'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. See you later.